cast out in two weeks. Oh, all right. It's been like two weeks since we put one out. We oh. did just put one out, but yeah. it's been a while. This will be out like Tuesday night. No. No, I do like Thursday. Thursday. Because it's Monday already. Yeah, it's Not Monday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Okay. Does that work? Yep. All right. We've been recording, so we're good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you sneaky bitch. <laughs> yeah, I snuck it in on you, dude. Yeah. We, um... um th- we, this is Recovered AF Podcast. Shoot, yeah. This is, um... I don't know, a podcast where we talk about being recovered, basically. Yeah, from a hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah, we say recovered because that's what our book says. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I was just... I'm doing this book study on Monday nights with uh, some guys, and um, every time the book uses the word recovered, I kind of hammer that home. Yeah. Which is like seven times and we're in there as a solution which yeah. is 20 pages in yeah and like at the very beginning like the four to the first edition it says we're you know a hundred people have recovered yeah the introduction like the cover page yeah. says how many thousands of yeah, men and women have recovered yeah. yeah that's where i start when i that's, start the book that's what i meant and then um and then um like i know later on in the book and um when it gets to the um, chapter working with others it says like if you know somebody that's um, ready to recover or if you know somebody that I don't know might be interested I don't know how the fuck it says it but it says that their atten- their attention should be drawn to you as somebody who has recovered yeah that's a present has recovered mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that's we're not trying to that's just what it says so we're just going to do that because again like I'm the dude that has a fucking plan and knows better and I got it figured out, and then I'm just gonna, you know, after have being thoroughly defeated, just do whatever at this, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not slowly recovering. Yeah, I'm just if I've done the work, yeah. and I don't want to drink or die anymore, I'm about as recovered as I'm ever gonna get. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't mean that I'm. Um, it doesn't mean that um, I'm arrogant. Yeah, cocky. Yeah, what's the word he uses? Cocksured. <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm cocksure. In uh, certainly doesn't Bill's mean, story, he says that. Certainly okay. doesn't mean that I'm a cox man. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah. So we haven't put a podcast out until we put one out. Now we just put one up with uh, Doctor Jared Morrow, yeah. a chiropractor that Aaron has uh, personal experience with. Yeah. Hopefully, you listened to that one. It was a phenomenal podcast. That guy is awesome. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. So what we did is we've had about two weeks off because. We've been busy individuals and living life, and so we haven't been able to put a podcast out in a while. Yeah. And our mutual friend said something about like, oh, yeah, to I was talking about how I want, um, I think I was joking about how I want Dude Shoes to be our sponsor or whatever, and he was like, you have to put out podcasts Mm -hmm. to be, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I started laughing. I was like, yeah, you're right, dude. It's been like two weeks, so for our Regular listeners. Uh, our regular listener. <laughs> listeners, dude. <laughs> we just jumped to a new stratosphere in our podcast game. Yeah. Also, I want to, before we get any further into this, I don't even know if they listen to this anymore, but shouts out to uh, Megan's dad and Megan's stepmother because they put a, I didn't even know they did it. Megan showed me it yesterday. They put, they both put something on their Facebook pages about the podcast oh yeah and they were like it was really nice i'll i'll see if megan can screenshot it and send it to me because i don't have a facebook but it was like hey um check out this podcast our soon-to-be son-in-law 
and his buddy have put this thing together. Addiction is uh, a real struggle, and they talk about how how you can come out the other side or something. It was really nice, though. So shouts out to them. Thank you. Shout out. Um, also, yeah, this dude. is a this we've been talking a lot about the literature and being recovered and stuff, but that doesn't mean that we're affiliated yeah. with uh, those 12 step groups. You're not a spokesperson for him? I'm not. Oh, are I you know. a representative for him? I'm not that either. Oh, what I am is a guy that got well um, from taking the 12 steps. Okay. Yeah. And so I want to talk about that, you know, but in a way that's general towards those 12 step fellowships because I wouldn't want, because, you know, here's what happened. I was listening to another podcast, you know, and, and that person is in recovery. And uh, somebody had wrote. You should in. name it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And somebody had wrote in and wrote a really nice uh, letter about that, thanking them for their um, experience that they were sharing about um, being in recovery or or alcoholism or whatever it was. Um, but it sounded like maybe we had had a different experience, mm. and um, and so I was like, I. I wouldn't want anybody to listen to our podcast and think that like um that that we're experts on shit really you God know, no. like like we're the like that we're the authority on anything yes mm-hmm. we're not there's I say it all the time there's a lot of people having a lot of different experiences, and so our our experience is representative of us and the and the people on our and the guests on our show, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, if you can't identify with what we're saying, then, you know, maybe check something else out. Yeah. Or like what I do a lot of is listen to stuff that I can't really relate to and then I get a new experience. Yeah. So I don't, I don't live in a, I really try not to live in a place where one of us is doing it wrong. Correct. So yeah, maybe check it out and maybe people listening will have a new experience just like when I listen to stuff that I'm not very like well versed in I sometimes get a new experience like American sports (laughs) yeah right dude I'll run laps around you in any American sport except for maybe baseball I probably feel better than you do but you probably hit much better than I do yeah I'm really not good at catching things if they're in the air or bouncing (laughs) yeah see I, I was a natural fielder and a uh, subpar batsman. Okay. I don't swing wood very well. <laughs> so you're no coxman either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> We're watching some tennis, though, checking this shit out. Um, it's the U.S. Open quarterfinals. Looks like several Europeans and a South American. Where is uh, You didn't answer me. Do you not know? Or were you... Just trying to play coy. What is Nadal not in it anymore? I don't know. I saw Joker's bitch ass left, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a strong opinion, but <laughs> <laughs> but you might not be able to take him on the court, but I bet you could take him off the court. Yeah, probably. Uh, so Aaron, you and I were talking about what are we going to talk about on this podcast that's going to come out on Wednesday night or Thursday, and um, I had kicked out the idea. Because you and I have been living... I know you're not listening, are you? Yeah, I'm listening because okay. we talked about what should be kicked out. Yeah. And you and I were talking about the fact that we uh, we have pretty full lives and we get to do stuff that some people 
might think you don't ever get to do when you get sober. Like I know I had this common conception in my mind and I voiced it verbally to my parents when I, uh, when I was going to rehab, I told them that I was going to be fucking miserable the rest of my life. And, uh, I wasn't doing that to, to guilt them or whatever. I was doing it because that was what I thought was true. Like I thought, okay, I'm not drinking anymore and I'm going to get sober and I'm never going to be able to have any fun again in my entire life. <laughs> like it, it's never going to happen. I could just see you pounding in the back <laughs> yeah, of the car. Yeah, <laughs> while they were driving me to rehab. I was so pissed. Like my life's over. I'm just, yeah. I'm not going to get to do anything fun ever again. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because for me, um, our literature, I'm saying I'm a lot, our literature talks about the alcoholic life seems the only normal one. And I guess that manifested for me with, I drank at everything I did. If I was going to the lake, I was drinking. If I was golfing, I was drinking. If I was hanging out with friends and watching UFC fights or football, I was drinking. If I, you know, just anything that went on in my life, there was alcohol involved. Yeah. And that just seemed normal. Yeah. And so to take alcohol out of that, my mind went to, well, I don't get to do any of that anymore. Yeah. And uh, that's just not true. You know, the, the that's a common narrative, I think. I'm not unique in that idea that like, oh, life's over now that I quit drinking. And I've even had people tell me like, what do you, what do you fucking do if you don't drink? Yeah. Like what, what do you do for fun? Yeah. And, um, you know, Megan and I, we went, we went hiking and bouldering and rock climbing this weekend. You went to a football game. That you were supposed to go to. I know. My power went out, dude. dude let's talk, let's talk, talk about, what did you call him? Joke, bitch. What did you just call Djokovic? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, that's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> My power went out at like 12.30 and didn't get kicked on until like 3.45. And I was concerned I was going to have to go buy ice and fill up my coolers because I got a lot of food in there. But then at 3.45, you, you were still an hour away from a two-hour away kickoff time. Just. Yeah, but like I was going to go, I was going to tailgate, I was going to have fun hang out with my family, do all of the stuff beforehand. That I did? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to just drive there, watch a football game. Not to mention, I honestly thought UW was going to get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, well, you're honestly fucking wrong. Yeah, that didn't (laughs) happen. UW beat Missouri this weekend, which is just insane. Oh, dude, I'm telling you what. I've been to Laramie since before I could walk. I've been to, I don't know how many games I've been to there. And that was one of the funnest nights I have ever had in Laramie. That stadium was rocking like I've, you know, rarely seen it. And I think probably it was because like um, 92% of the time Wyoming loses those games at the end. Always. Right? Yeah. And so that was probably the fun part was this was the time that they didn't. Yeah, you actually won a game. Yeah. That was like, I remember when they won the Mountain West Championship. Mm. And that was a fun game to be at. The, when I beat Boise State? Um, no, sorry. When they beat San Diego State to play for that. Oh, that was yeah, the game yeah. I was at. Okay. It was below freezing, but it was so much fun because UW always loses those yeah. games. Even yeah. before that, they were never even in big games like yeah. that I've been a fan for. Right. So it was cool. Yeah. But back to what we were kind of talking about. This for sort me, of fits in. Yeah, like being at a football game. I went to a shitload of Laramie games, bombed as all hell. You know, I was, until I went to a game after I got sober, I had never been to a UW game without consuming alcohol. Wow. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's the thing. I'm going to grab the literature just so I don't fuck this up. Is that all right? I mean, I don't. we don't really like to sit here and read the read the thing, but can I just grab this to illustrate my point? Sure, dude. You don't like that idea? <laughs> I don't like that idea. Okay. No, go for it, dude. It's your idea. I like it. What are you going to read? Um, just about the contradiction between, like, what the uh, common misconceptions about what we can and can't do are. I was just going to read a paragraph. Off you should of, like, get the literature and read it paragraph out of page 100 and something yeah but i don't want to but i don't want to get all preachy either though yeah i think so maybe we'll just stick I, to our sometimes though when i paraphrase i'm like uh i'm fucking this up so sometimes i want to be exact in what i'm saying too so then i get b- b- caught between like sounding preachy but then par- fucking it up when i paraphrase but i guess we could just share our experience you feel torn between that i yeah why don't we? Well, what are you trying to say? Why don't you paraphrase it? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh well, just because it, you know, like our literature talks about, like um, we can do all things, we can do all kinds of things that people say we're not supposed to mm. be able to do. Yeah. Right. It says we're not supposed to have alcohol in our homes, but we find that we can have alcohol in our homes and serve people that are not alcoholic. Yeah. Um, that we can go to places, you know, people think we should stay out of bars and, and I hear it in inside of our fellowships that we must and this is um um one of these catchy slogans that goes around that says you have to change your your <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Your people, your places, your playgrounds. Oh, uh, playmates and playpins or something. Yeah, playgrounds. Because I heard it. Because I heard it last week. Mm, and playgrounds and playmates. I think. Yeah, your pit places, playgrounds, and playmates. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you and I don't use that phrase very often. <laughs> but like that, you have to go fucking change a bunch of things about your life, man. And like, um, that's that hasn't been my experience. When we, so when we talk about being recovered and living a life free. Um, I mean, I, the internal condition is what changes inside of me anyway. Mm-hmm. All of those out, it's not like, it's not like being at a football game caused me to drink. Right. You know, yeah. the spiritual malady that we talked about a few episodes ago is what caused me to drink. Yeah. Like being completely discontented and feeling completely disconnected and feeling better than or less than and wanting to be a part of life is what caused me to use. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't the thing the place where i was at and that doesn't mean i'm hanging around the dope man's house today right that's a bad idea yeah and i remember when i first got back and was like three weeks sober um turnpike troubadours were playing in laramie and i really wanted to go but i was gonna have to go over by myself and i was feeling a little on edge still so i went ahead and sat that one out Mm -hmm. but today if they were over there and i was going by myself i wouldn't have any problem with that yeah of course yeah Yeah. that's the beauty of being recovered yeah is like i don't have to live my life in fear i could walk freely like i get to just navigate the world freely yes so if i want to go like later today i have a fantasy football draft at a bar and i'm gonna go hang out with guys while they're drinking beer and we're drafting fantasy football what? stuff you have to change all of that kyle <laughs> yeah. you're never gonna stay sober <laughs> yeah dude isn't that crazy so i get to participate in life i get to pack into the stream of life as a result of doing the work. It's almost like you get to do more shit. Way more. What? I would never do any of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did play fantasy football, but I usually <laughs> had to auto-draft because we'd have a party <laughs> and I'd be passed out because we would 
do a, every year we would do it on Labor Day. Yeah. And I don't belong to this fantasy football league anymore. Um, but we would do like this rager and we'd all go down on Friday night and we'd draft on Monday. Mm-hmm. And so naturally I would be <laughs> in a blackout from Friday <laughs> through the draft and miss work Tuesday and then be good to go, you know, but Just check out your team on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And be like, Oh damn it. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted at all. <laughs> so, um, to be did not execute the draft strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the draft strategy, I would just add a bunch of people to my watch list and then hope that they were there when it was my turn to draft because it would just auto draft and all my buddies would just make fun of me or they'd draft like three kickers for me and stuff. So to, um, to be able to like just live life and not be afraid to go to a bar while we do a fantasy football draft is uh it's pretty cool and i think i take that for granted a lot Mm. but i remember an early i remember one time this was when i was a pretty controlling individual and megan and i were not even dating yet but um unfortunately she had a friend pass away and they did the funeral and then after the funeral there was like a a wake i think Mm -hmm. is what they call it at a bar Mm -hmm. and she was probably we were friends at this point uh but she was not sober for very long and she went and i tried to like guilt her and shame her and make her feel really guilty about going yeah and uh she was like hey dude fuck you i've done the work it (laughs) tells me i can go to these places if i have a proper reason to yeah so back the fuck up yeah and like we were just not even dating yet but i just remember um a good for her Mm -hmm. and i clearly was not capable of that at that time and i i had been sober for quite a while not yeah. a long time but like six months at the time and, and i've had that experience too i don't know i thought i could swear i talked about it but like i went to a show at red rocks that time when i was 20 it was a blues traveler show and mm-hmm. um i hadn't done the work and i was not recovered and i was still struggling with the obsession to drink you know on a daily and i was incredibly the spiritual malady was choking me and I was on edge and anxiety all the time. And I went to this show and the dude in front of me, um, dropped down a big fat bag of mushrooms and it was able to sneak some vodka in. And, you know, I spent the whole, until the sun went down staring at that guy, wishing I was doing what he was doing and feeling sorry for myself that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And that's not being recovered. Right. Right. And that's, um, what it can look like. And so maybe there's just a lot of that. And that's where those things come from is people having that experience. Absolutely. Um, but having been through the work, um, those not, those aren't things that I went to, you know, I also went to the tailgate parties. So, um, um, my my friends that I play softball with, um, they still like to they they get it. You know, they don't have they don't struggle with the things that I struggle with, and yeah. they can go out and they can party pretty hard, and they do, and it doesn't uh, seem to affect their lives in a negative way that it does me. You know, and right. So my buddy Matt has a tailgate party for every home game, and had a big one for this one and I could tell that they had gotten there early and gone hard and um, I was able to still go hang out and be a part of that and bullshit and hang out for a little while and I had dad with me so I didn't hang out too long that's not really his scene and then we went over <laughs> yeah. there and um, hung out with your family for 12 seconds yeah that's what they said they were like Aaron was here for like one minute yeah I was like oh yeah they looked tired man yeah they probably were they they yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into doing all of that they were hitting the waters pretty hard yeah 
and they golfed earlier on the day on saturday so i'm sure they were tuckered yeah so uh but anyway so like i can go be a part of that now and Mm -hmm. i can do that without uh without you know missing it or wishing i was being a part of it yeah i can just go hang out and be with my friends because the last time i was at one of matt's or when i was at um, you know matt's tailgate party before i stopped drinking i took a digger in the stands (laughs) (laughs) like uh did some you know plenty of throwing up and Mm -hmm. followed by continued drinking and it was you know one of the rough one one of those yeah dude and so uh to be able to just to go be a part of that and see my friends and and hang out is cool yeah absolutely i just i think it's important that's why i kind of want to talk about it for a little bit is i just think it's important to discuss that because people that are not alcoholic will ask me a lot like dude it does it is it just suck like you can't or like are you are you just fighting off the urge yeah, all the time or should that. i not drink around you yeah. you know and it's like no it's not even a th- thing in my life yeah. anymore you know and so i just unfortunately sometimes that message doesn't always get carried that like oh yeah we can go out and live life and be a part of life and still pack into life and probably be even more present in in what's going on in my life today as a result of not drinking and the thing about it is is like when i wasn't recovered the idea of what might happen in my mind wasn't matching what was really happening anyway Mm -hmm. like i thought that alcohol needed to be a part of those things but like when i went to like so i went to a lot of games sober because i started going to them young and Mm -hmm. like i just never really you know drank at games really that much until i had gotten older but what happened then when i would drink at games i wouldn't have any idea what happened at the game Maybe it would be a blackout, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention because I'm hammered and I'm just shitting. Or leave at halftime. Yeah. yeah. And so then it, it wasn't really about the game at that point. It was about drinking. It's like any activity I ever had planned in my life that then introduced, what, what drinking was introduced to, then it was just about drinking at that point. It wasn't about the activity. Yeah. So, like in my mind, I need um, alcohol to participate in this activity or for me, opiates to really enhance those things. Um, but I needed alcohol, you know, for these activities. But then the reality of the situation was, was, um, then I missed out on all of those activities. Right. right? So, yeah. So now, like that band that I was saying that I wanted to see in Laramie when I first got back uh, to Turnpike Troubadours, mm-hmm. ended up missing that show, but going to see them at Red Rocks. I've seen some cool shows at Red Rocks, and it was by far the my best. favorite show that I've been That's to. Cool. And I would never, you know, I saw Willie at Red Rocks, and we were drinking all day and doing ecstasy, and um, it was a good show but I don't remember a lot of it, mm-hmm. and and I had a lot of fun. I really did. I'm not going to lie and say that alcohol ruined my time. Right. I uh, I had a I had a hell of a good time, but it wasn't as good a time as I had at that Turnpike show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, that was always the deal for me. It was like, oh, I've got good intentions to go do this really fun thing, and drinking's going to enhance that. Yeah. And instead, like drinking takes over that. Like I remember going to a Grateful Dead rendition band at Mishawaka and I was going to go to the show. I was going to have a blast at the show and then I was going to go to the lake the next day. And I ended up like going to the show and like had an all right time. But then I was up all night and then I woke everybody up when I got home and woke everybody up to go to the lake. And then 
I'm fucking puking the whole way to the lake and then I'm just sleeping on the boat all day yeah. and like missed yeah. out and that was a 4th of July weekend and I missed out on like everything that was going to be fun yeah and like a good time and I was going to have a great time and that part of my life is gone like I get to be fully engaged in what's going on in my life today and I suppose that's just the illness of it and the alcoholic life becoming the only normal one is believing that this is my life's never going to be enjoyable without this yeah when this has clearly not made life enjoyable yeah like yeah i'm thinking that my life's gonna be ruined and i'm never gonna have fun but if i look at the facts i really missed out on a lot of fun so much yeah Yeah. and like oh man i i just got a little carried away (laughs) you know but in reality it's like dude you're fucking insane you know so yeah i don't know i i don't know why i just felt like we should talk about that a little because it's I just think that the life that you and I get to live today and I get to see you do things in life that I would have been like, addicts don't get to do stuff like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Well, and the thing with opiates too and, and that, and I had to try and plan my life around those because it was hard to plan shit because mm-hmm. I might be dope sick and I can't do anything when I'm dope sick. Right. So I would plan shit with the hopes that I was going to be able to make that thing. But, yeah. you know, like as the day come, or <laughs> like I would have to plan shit. Um, like Amber would be like, do you want to do something, something on this day? And I'd look at the calendar and I knew when my supplier's fill days were when they got their prescriptions filled. And if it was a day or two after they got their scripts filled, I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah <you laughs> That'll know. work for me. Yeah. yeah. If it's like the three or four days prior, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's a fucked up way to live, yeah, man. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, uh, it's sad. I was thinking about that in regards to something else, and I don't remember what it was, but, um, you know, when we talk about, like, living a life of freedom today, man, I don't have to I don't have to plan my life around my dealer's prescription fill days. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was just a, a handicapped way to live. Yeah, I could see that for yeah. sure. Um it does stipulate, though, that, like, you know, and you said this when um, Megan put you in your place, but so long, provided, you know, so long as we have a good reason for being there. Yeah. And, like, for me, I don't just go, like, I wouldn't just go hang out at a bar on a Monday. Like you said, if I've got a reason to be there or if my friends are in town and they're meeting up at the bar, I'm definitely down there hanging out, you mm-hmm. know, and just because I like to be around my friends. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't just go hang out there for no reason. I mean, I usually need a reason to, you know, head on down there because I realized this, like it was our softball tournament and in between games, everyone was going down there and that's what we, you know, what we do between games. And I, I wanted to be a part of the team and, you know, and mm-hmm. I sometimes st- still feel a little bit different and, and weird because I don't. You know, and so I, I went down there a couple of times and I hung out for a little while and then I was like, but you know, this place is designed for drinking and I don't do that. So yeah, I'm going to hang out for a few and then I'm going to bounce out and go take a nap in my air conditioned home. Right. I think I try to um, follow the intuitiveness today or like if I don't really feel like it's a good move, I just don't do it anymore. Yeah. But in the past, I would be driven to do it. Like if even if I was like, I don't want to drink, I really want to be all right. I would either fear or self, something would drive me to be there anyways. Does yeah. that make, you know, yeah. like I would just, I'd end up there anyways, or I would, I'm a people pleaser. And so I would, I would go because everyone's like, dude, you're not going to fucking go. Yeah. And then like, I don't know today. I just trust my, 
instincts or my intuitiveness, whatever you want to call it, God, whatever you want to call it. Like, I just trust that, that there's plenty of times where I say, no, I'm not going to go and that's okay. And I don't stew over and have all of this stuff or I'll go and I'm like, all right, I've been here long enough. I'm out of here. Yes. So like Megan and I go to the depot quite a bit. We'll hang out for an hour or two and then it's like, all right, let's get out of here. Like we hung out, we got to have some fun. We got to see people that we don't see regularly and then we're out. So I did notice something and I don't know if you've had this experience, but like I've seen when, um, so say like a wedding, for example, I'll take my cousin's wedding is what I'm thinking of. Like we're all there at the beginning of the night. We're all hanging out. We're all in the same level playing field, you mm-hmm. know, and then everyone's drinking and, you know, that's fine. Um, but then it gets to a certain point later in the evening where people start becoming, you know, in pretty in drunk. drunk. Yeah, start yeah. getting pretty intoxicated. And it's at that point that I feel that there's not really that connection anymore that there was at the end. And that's usually when I'm just like, oh, cool, you know, like I don't force myself to stay to the end because yeah. like I can go where I can go where people say I can't go, right. you know, right. And I'm going to stay here till the end of the evening just to prove I can. It's mm-hmm. not like that. I'm like, all right, everyone's pretty housed and I'm not housed. And this is not, and this is just, it's it's awkward for me now and I'm going to mm-hmm. just go home now. Yeah. So I find that that sort of happens too. Yeah. I think that's where, again, I just kind of trust that like, all right, it's probably my time to get out of here. Yeah. And sometimes, People are overly drunk, and sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, I think it's run its course. I'm it's time for me to bounce, and I'm going to get out of here. So, and, and sometimes I'm just used to being in bed at nine thirty. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's eleven. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I really value the fact that there's a life to live, and that when I was getting sober, I found a few people that were talking about living life and not yeah. being afraid of life. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, man, like th- this is what I want. Cause I got sober. I mean, not that it really matters, but I got sober at 26 and I thought my entire life was over and that's just not the case at all. I get to do so much stuff that, um, and not in a boastful way. I just get to be a part of life. Like, it's not like I'm doing all this crazy shit that I just get to be a part of life. I get to do what normal people do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm doing way more living than I ever did before you know and like um again like I was talking about I had to have opiates because you know I mean it wasn't just it was a physical dependence at that point you Mm -hmm. know and I was going to be dope sick if I didn't have that so I was really limited in what I could do and where I could go and you know for how many days I could do it and um so it's like it's the drug aspect of it too or the alcohol aspect of what it does to us but this is a result of having gone through and done all of the work and inventoried my fears Mm -hmm. and um, seen the exact nature of my wrongs and where I've been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid. Yeah. And then taking that stuff to God in six and seven and then going making right with the world that places me in a position to be willing to try new things to... Like, okay, I have some anxiety about whatever this new thing I'm going to try is. Traveling it for Amber and I, man, Mm -hmm. you don't do it a lot. And, and like, and and being afraid and still being able to go out and do it anyway. Because, you know, alcohol or no, or opiates or no, prior to this, there was too much of fear to ever go out and live free and experience these gifts that I get to live today. Absolutely. So it's not only can I do these things without alcohol or drugs, I could do these things that I could have never done. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I get to do things that I never would have tried and I get to say no to things that I would have done. Like 
my sponsor, I remember talking to him when we first started working together, um, my current sponsor, and he was, I, he asked me about something and I said no and then started trying to like justify it and giving this really long explanation. Mm -hmm. And he listened to the whole thing and then he just was like, a, just a no would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, and he's like, you know, it's it's okay to just say no. Like, yes. I don't want to do something, <laughs> and like, I don't have to. Ex you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in my whole life, I I was afraid of doing things and afraid of not doing things, or you know, I don't know. Today, I just the freedom comes on both ends. It's, like, I I can go travel, or I can say no. I'm not really into that. Like, Megan and I were talking about something the other day, and I was just like, I don't I don't really think that's for me. If yeah. you want to do it, I think you should really yes. do it. But I don't think that particular thing is for me. And like, I think some of that, like just hearing you talk about that and I was looking at my own experience, some of that for me was like, and I said this a lot, like when I spoke, um, like that I had no idea of who or what I was. Yeah. And like, if you asked me what I was into, the most honest answer I could have given was what, whatever you were into, yeah. right? Because I want your acceptance and I want to be part of and mm -hmm. all of those things. And like, um, I think that... <laughs> having grown and figured out that I'm a person of my own and not living my life based on what I think you might want of me puts me in a position where I can do that, where I can say no. Whereas I couldn't afford that before, man, because right. I couldn't afford any kind of disapproval. So I would find myself, we talk a lot about, you know, being honest in the program and that's just a form of dishonesty when I'm doing things that I don't really want to do just to gain somebody else's <laughs> approval. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of times where, I mean, not plenty, but there's times where I've like asked you if you want to do something. And you're like, nah, man, I'm good. Like I was like, do you want to go golf nine holes with me? And you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I love that answer. Right. And then like yesterday, I was like, hey, dude, I'm not going to stay for your meeting. Yeah. And in the past, it would have been like, I got to stay because what is Aaron going to think? And yeah. I, you know, and it's, I don't know, like just being, like to me, that's where the freedom comes from is being able to do and be myself. <laughs> Bro, when you were like, I was like, is your power back on? I knew you weren't coming to Laramie. You yeah. weren't really sold on Laramie in the first <laughs> yeah. place. And uh, But then when you told me you were watching Mindhunters, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I love Mindhunters. I've watched both seasons like a Fiend. freak. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're like, nah, I'm watching Mindhunters. I could just see you too. Like, nah, I'm watching Mindhunters. Yeah, I was like, friends off me. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're like, are you at least watching the game? I was like, nah, dude, I'm watching Mindhunters. <laughs> I was like, it hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I talked a little shit to your parents. Well, oh, I bet you did. I wanted to, uh, oh, after I left your parents, I thought about what I should have posted on Instagram. Yeah. I could have taken a picture with all of them and be like, here I am tailgating with Kyle's family. The <laughs> yeah. only thing missing is Kyle. That would have been so funny, <laughs> yeah. dude. You should have, yeah. So I, th I, I often think about, you know, like five minutes after. That's a great idea. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like Costanza and he's like, mm -hmm. sets it up for the next time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I do. With a jerk store called. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I I actually really did want to go. And then when it got to like 3.30 and I had made the decision I'm not going. And then when the power came back on, it was like, I already made the decision I'm not going. So yeah. I'm not going to try to like corral Megan and yeah. my dog and then rush us no, over I there. Gotcha. So I, but I really, I did want to go because I love tailgating and I like hanging out with my family over there. And yeah, I mean, that's fun stuff. I missed out on a lot of They've been doing that for years, yeah. and I've been doing that for, like, two years. What so. I like about it is just so festive. I mean, so many times, there's just so many 
obviously hot button issues that go on and mm -hmm. if you're anywhere especially in the social media world there's this constant opinion sharing and bickering and you know and then and it is what it is but what's cool is like for a few hours on a saturday we're all on the same team and we're all in support of the same thing and we yeah. just put that shit aside and all have fun and eat yummy food and yeah and just the all the bs is gone yeah like we're just in the yeah, stream yeah, yeah the I couple that. that sat next to us was, were from casper and oh cool uh they, I, I don't know we just got to know him pretty well and it was a good time and that's yeah, cool yeah yeah fun thing to what be a part was of his name thing. mike i don't remember what oh, his name was i was gonna say because i know a guy that does my job but in casper was at the game oh no this guy doesn't do your job i don't know he was talking about writing song he was like, oh wow contracted to write a song for the university damn that's cool he was a, a very tall man and then his wife was a, a alum of like. the uh of the uh university law school that's cool yeah yeah so that's awesome yeah that's what's up yeah um what 36 minutes in what else do you want to talk about um I don't know. The maybe the other side of the 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 coin of that in that like I think I've mentioned the term un, being untreated or untreated alcoholism mm -hmm. or untreated addiction on this. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about being recovered, like that's I've done all of the steps and I'm applying them in my life and I'm doing them on a regular, you know, like. When I say doing them, I'm, I'm practicing 10, 11, and 12 on a regular basis. I'm making the amends that maybe I haven't made when the, you know, uh, wherever possible and mm -hmm. doing those things. Um, but what, ha what happens sometimes for me, and we've, and we've had our guests share it, maybe not so much on air, but, you know, talk to us a little bit about it off air is like what happens if we're not doing all of those things. Because, uh, like we t like I s said earlier in the show, it's not being at the game that made me drink. It's this internal condition, man. And that's something that needs to be treated. Um, and if I'm not treating it, it can rear its ugly head. And it can and it's sneaky-like, and I don't really see what it is. But mm -hmm. it can look like me. So, I, you know, what I had is this experience where I was just, you know, obsessing about this diet and obsessing about this another triathlon that I'm getting ready to do. And I'm so I'm in action. And I'm still doing my morning meditation most of the time, but I'm not really doing everything. And there's part of my, part of what I'm, you know, got me to this point that's lacking. And so what it looked like in my life was like um, racing thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like I can no longer control the thoughts in my head. I could listen to an hour long podcast and not have any idea what was said. Mm -hmm. I could drive down the road, you know, and not have any idea what any of the last three songs were, where I'm just living in my head again and right. instead of experience, experiencing life as it's happening and noticing the shit that's going on around me. Cause I notice when I'm not in my head, I notice my actual surroundings, you know, like the landscape around me, the people around me, the remember, snakes you run over, the, those things. Yeah, the conversations <laughs> that I have. And then I go through other times and I'll tell you what, another way it manifests is just the, the most simple decisions become impossible to make. Mm -hmm. I, I'm back and forth a thousand times on making the most simple decision, yeah. you know? And so like, um, I just wanted to like, 
I don't know, shine some light on that for any of our listeners that have experienced that, that are in the program, or maybe, you know, if anybody that's listening that's not, that hears me talk about being untreated or untreated alcoholism or addiction, I'm not talking about active addiction or active alcoholism. I'm talking about, like, I'm I'm an addict. You know, I may be recovered, but whether I'm using or not, I'm an addict, right. you know, and uh, it, it's progressive in nature. And if I'm not actively growing spiritually, then... I'm not treating what's going on with me. And that happens. I mean, that happens with everybody oh, I've yeah. ever met in the program. I've never met anybody that didn't, you know, uh, let up from time to time. And so much so that our literature has a warning, you know, and mm-hmm. it says it's the easy thing to do is to let up on this. Yeah. And, um, and so I've just experienced some of that lately and I've got, you know, enough action over the past couple of weeks. Things sort of, you know, broke a little bit, but <laughs> things were getting a little scary and a little ugly. Man. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just I'm no longer living in the realm of what is, and I'm just living in inside of my head. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I had talked to Megan, and I was like, I, I think Aaron is having a bit of a tough go a little bit. Just <laughs> not like I, I, I even told her, I was like, I don't think that he's like fucking running into the ground. I just said, I think he's kind of living in his head, you know, and just, and uh, I didn't know. The nice part about it is I didn't feel like I needed to tell you because that's not my job. Right. My job is to be your friend today, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, and, but I, I'm, I do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I do every, like you said, everybody I know does that. Yeah. And like, I do that too. And I end up getting into this point where, like we were talking about with Jared, like, I'm not really in action, but I'm in a lot of thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and those are like two totally different worlds. Yeah. And I talk about this with a sponsee of mine regularly. Like thinking about doing something and doing something are nowhere near the, the same yeah. thing. And I spend a, I've spent a lot of time there in my, even in my recovery. Yeah. Like this is a thing. I hate the, I hate the phrase like a daily reprieve, but right. it's very real. Right. I don't like it just like cliche, catchy right. 12 step shit, but it's very real. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, like I can be doing this very regularly and then out of nowhere it's gone. Yeah. That spiritual connection is gone. But the, the pisser of it is that I did, you know, I don't want to say you, I don't see it coming when it happens. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it'll happen again. And, you know, I mean, even a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit, I still have a lot of work to do around this. I don't want to say by any means. <laughs> You're out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I've just begun. Right. right? Like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I haven't gone through the work again and there's a whole thing coming ahead of me. And, but I sort of got this really cool glimpse of it, uh, of it the other day and, and things sort of broke and I was like, oh, this is nice. I forgot what this is like. Yeah. I just get to be and enjoy the shit around me. And I can experience this more if I'm willing to go through the work again. Mm-hmm. And then I can just live like this again. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Rather than in my head. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in my head, I don't realize how bad I'm in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, a yeah. motherfucker. Exactly. I think I'm doing the same thing I was doing three weeks or a month ago. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still doing those same things, but I'm not doing those same things. And now the brain is calling the shots, yeah. the ego, mm-hmm. and then um, the spirit is suffering. Well, it's like when we first met, like... You verbalized before, like, I was like, dude, this, like, you thought I was, like, in trouble, you know, like, and I was, and I didn't see it. Like, to me, I'm just, I'm not, I don't, 
see it. Yeah. But you were kind of like, this dude needs to have some change. I I think is kind of what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some burnout in your future. Yeah. And so that's, um, and what I, what I get out of it today is, uh, God's grace or whatever, you you know, like I, I get to see, I'm, I don't call the shots for Aaron. Like I get to see you or like a sponsee that I'm working with be in that area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause it's very real to me. It's easy for me to see God working in my life, but sometimes for me, I have some fear that he's not going to work in other people's lives. Right. And that's stupid and not real, but like watching someone struggle, sometimes I'm like, maybe I need to let him know and maybe it's my responsibility and maybe I'm supposed, and it's like, well, maybe that guy's on his own journey and, and he figures that out. And I see that with my sponsees a lot. And so, I don't know. It's cool to see that. I think there's a role for me if I see something that they're not willing to see. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, but I just know that it's hard for me to see the truth, but I also believe that like uh, a power greater than me is going to help. I guess I'm running out of steam on how to phrase this. It's it's hard to like, you know, sit back and watch some guy whiff at a baseball 147 times (laughs) and you want to explain to him, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I can see what you're, I can clearly see what's going on right now. And if you could, but there's no way to explain to that person. They're eventually going to just have to figure out, figure it out by, you know, stroking a few. Exactly. So it's the same thing with watching somebody else and seeing him go through it. And you're just like, I can step back and I can see like clearly, um, they're suffering here yeah and i think if they were to get into action it's going to help them yeah but like you know like even having had that pointed out to me wouldn't have mattered anyway because i wouldn't have been willing at that point yep i've been like yeah maybe yeah whatever but i have to in the same way that alcohol is a great persuader you know today my my own suffering is the great persuader yeah and to use the same analogy today I really work on not giving that dude advice on how to hit a baseball unless that guy asks me for help. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the past, I'd be like, dude, you just need to keep a fucking eye on the ball (laughs) and, you know, choke up a little or whatever. And and instead it's like, oh yeah, I'll just (laughs) sit quietly. And if someone asks, then I can provide insight if I have any, but. Yeah. And it can be hard to watch. Yeah, it is. It's always hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard to watch, especially when you're, friends with someone or you're a sponsor of someone or I'm in a relationship with someone or they're in a relationship with me and they just watch me going down this fucking thing and they're like, what is he doing? Yeah. Why, why is he doing this? Why does he hate everybody? What is going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't want him to be, you know, but that's just life. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Yeah. And it's, so. it's common with sponsors too, you know, like oh, yeah. you see him and you're like, this is not going to end well, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, uh, I my my guy yesterday asked me about to tell me he was going to do something and I was like you think huh and I so I offered him back something and he was like yeah but maybe I'll just try it anyway and I said all right let me know how that works out yeah <laughs> you know right like, what are you going to do man yeah. I mean and plus fuck what do I know what's best in that guy's life yeah maybe, it's, maybe it'll be his wife I don't know well and that was the same thing with um like I I talked to you about something and then about like I'm watching a sponsee of mine and I'm like. Maybe I should say something. And then I talked to my sponsor about it. And he's like, I 
I don't know, man. I probably wouldn't say anything unless he asks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, can, I don't have to interject. Right. Yeah. I'm where I feel like maybe it's my purpose to interject. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. I, I don't have to do that. So the sponsorship comes back to like, what's your 10th step look like? What's your lone step work look like? Yeah. Working with others. Mm-hmm. Or a reminder of spiritual principles, a reminder of not letting up, you know, on our laurels. And yeah, it's more of that kind of a thing. But, you know, with, with friends too, like even, you know, I'll have friends call me up and ask me what they think of something. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I would be hesitant to say so anyway. Yeah. Brian, who's been on the podcast before, will always say that. He's like, every time I ask you something, you're just like, I don't really know. And yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, I just, I don't really know, you know, yeah. and I'm not going to pretend I do Yeah. just so you have a view of me that I have answers or whatever. Like, I, just, I don't really know much. So that's, what, and that's okay. What I have to do is get clear and I have a process for getting clear. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, oh, all right. Well. I, th- I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? We're 50 minutes in. We're cr- crushing think, it. I think 50 minutes in is good. 50 killed it. Uh, next, w- this will be out like Wednesday night, Thursday. Uh, and then next weekend we have my sponsor. We've talked about him a decent bit. He's going to be on next Sunday. I wonder if we'll even talk about recovery. <laughs> He's so far out there. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, you can reach out to us at recoveredafpodcast at gmail.com or we have an Instagram post where Aaron posted the coolest picture I've ever dude, seen. I was so bummed. I was like it's seven like purple, likes. purple, dude. dude. It was the coolest picture. And it's going up as my cover photo here pretty soon. Is there like a filter and stuff on it, or is that just what it pretty much looked like? Um, there is just an enhancement. <laughs> yeah. I can show the original. It's I'm pretty sure close. It's dope, though. It's like purple. It's really a cool picture. So go check that out. Recovered AF Podcast is the Instagram name. So thanks, guys. <laughs>